Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to Dope Nostalgia, a brand new year. This is the first episode that I'm recording and editing for you in 2021, and I hope it's been a good one for you all so far. My name is Naomi, and uh, this will be episode 53. We are coming up to the year anniversary, which is coming, if I look at the dates, it's somewhere near near the end of January. So not the next episode, but the one after that, I believe, will be our one year. Featuring my good friends who have been regulars on the show, Colin and Kendra. They'll be here to go over what the year it's been for our very first year and all the ups and downs we've had putting the show together as well. Um, I have a person who's coming back on the show. It's gonna, I'm going to release a double episode that week because the beautiful, talented Queen of Rave, Rosala, is coming back to be a guest one more time and debuting her brand new single. So that'll be coming up as well on our one year anniversary. Now today, I had a very special guest um, who joined me on the show from one of Canada's foremost hard rock groups of the 90s, Sven Gali. The lead singer David Wanless was here to talk about all things Sven Gali. And let me tell you a little bit more about the band from their bio. Wikipedia Moments. Formed in 1987 in Niagara Falls, Sven Gali brought the 80s and 90s hard rock metal wave to Canada. They delivered their high-energy live show from coast to coast and across the U.S. and Europe for the next nine years. 25 years after their debut album went gold in Canada, in 2018 they came back with a monster new song called Kill the Lies, recorded with legendary producer David Bendeth. The song reached number three on Top Rock Streams in Canada on the CBC. In 2019 they released a follow-up track, You Won't Break Me, also produced by David Bendeth. The lineup includes all three remaining original members, Dave Wanless on vocals, Andy Frank on guitar, Sean Minden on bass, and new members Sean Williamson on guitar, and Dan Fila on drums from the Canadian metal powerhouse and BMG label mates, Varga. Svengali built a name fast with their live shows, drawing growing crowds on the Canadian and US circuit while building their songwriting chops and a wild reputation. David Bendis signed the band to BMG Music Canada in 1991 and produced the self-titled debut, released in 92. The album included singles and videos for Under the Influence, Tie-Dyed Skies, In My Garden, and the ballad Love Don't Live Here Anymore, number six CanCon song of 1993. It included a cover of Teenage Head's Disgusting, featuring guest vocals by Frankie Venom. The video for Under the Influence won the Much Music Best Metal Video Award in 1993. The band was nominated for Hard Rock Album of the Year and Most Promising Band at the Junos. Sven Gali went gold in Canada that year. Sven Gali toured extensively throughout Canada and the USA, Germany, Belgium, Ireland, and the UK, headlining and on the bill with acts including April Wine, Foreigner, Candlebox, Pearl Jam, and Def Leppard. They were a staple on MTV's Headbangers Ball in the UK and Europe. Their follow-up album, In Wire, came out in 1995, recorded at London Bridge Studios in Seattle, was produced by Kelly Gray, and featured guest musicians Christopher Thorne of Blind Melon and Candlebox's Kevin Martin and Scott Mercado. Guess what? David Wanless is on the show today to talk about those good old days and all the fun they had, and they've got new music out now. So check it out. Svengali. You can see their website at svengali.ca. That's S-V-E-N-G-A-L-I dot C-A. Welcome, David Wanless, to Dope Nostalgia. How's my makeup? 
Well, you look gorgeous. Okay, then you gorgeous. can use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's an honor to speak with you today, David. And do you prefer being called David or Dave? It doesn't matter. It's all good. Okay. All right, we'll start with a brief rundown on the band's inception. I'll be telling everybody about how you guys got together from, from all the, your bio and such, but can you describe briefly how Svengali became Svengali? Well, I think it was back in, in 1987, um, uh, Andy and I, uh, we played in a band together and um you know you know when you just start playing you're playing with uh, some guys and uh to put it to put it nicely they weren't that very good so Andy and I were always searching elsewhere for other players and, and um then one afternoon it was like I remember I remember like yesterday it was a, a winter storm and uh Andy and I were at my place and uh we got a call from this bass player guy in Hamilton who's like 45 minutes away and it was Sean and uh he said yeah why don't you come to Hamilton right now I go dude it's like there's a winter storm outside he says come on up we can hang out here right we never even met the guy before so we drove mm -hmm. all the way to Hamilton and uh, Andy and I in the storm and we got to his house and we hit it off right away like as soon as we met him we hit it off and so we started chatting about music and and um then one thing led to another he says I know this great drummer and so um, I said, oh, yeah. So we started talking about that. He called him. So we drove over to his house. And then uh, we were, it was Steve at the time. And uh, again, it was, it was great. And then um, from there, uh, that same night, then D came into the picture. So we ended up uh, getting together at D's place. So by the end of it, it was one in the morning. We're about five, six beers in at his house and then uh andy and i uh slept there that that night and uh, we all slept together at, at these place and then in the morning uh I, we got up andy and i drove home we grabbed all our stuff we grabbed a, a gym bag of clothes and moved back to hamilton and uh we started rehearsing and that was it one night so it's like everything lined up yeah even the name of the band we were why we're at d's house uh, talking uh and chatting um uh there's this movie playing in the background and the movie was called Sven Galley. Uh, so we just kept, I kept on looking. We're all just, uh, we we're all talking, just kept looking at this weird movie. And, um, and at the end of it, uh, we we're, you know, getting ready to call it a night. And then, uh, we said, uh, yeah, you know, we just got to find a name for this band. And Steve went, it's called Spangali. Whatever. Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was all happening one night. Did anyone ever try to sue you from the movie? Uh, Say that's no. Our no, we never. No, no I think because we changed it. I think we uh, we hyphenated it. We did something. I don't know. Somebody took. There's it. a space, right? Like yes, space. It's, it's, it's not one word. That's correct. Yeah. No. So that's how we, I think that's how we got away with it. Your bio speaks of the band building your wild reputation. Quotes wild reputation. What fueled that? And were you guys bad boys? We weren't scared to have a party. And <laughs> And, whoops, sorry, I'm getting a, getting a, okay, sorry, it's on my, oh, here we are, you're back. Um, <laughs> we're, not, we're not scared to have a party, and uh, we weren't scared uh, uh, to get in a little bit of trouble, uh, but mm -hmm. in, a, in a good natured way. We're, everybody, we're all great guys. They're all harmless stuff, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, you're very young and, and, uh, and having a lot of fun and traveling around the country, a bunch of young guys playing rock and roll. What, what's going to happen right Back you're going to have days. a good time yeah absolutely 
<laughs> a lot of people I talk to are like, no, we were, we were just focused on the music. I'm like, come yeah. on, you had fun too. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, uh, that, that's the, the common phrase we all try to get away with, but everybody knows. So why lie to you? <laughs> <laughs> You know? it's been a while we can we can all tell what, what happened and yeah. you, you enjoyed yourselves that's great yeah. now at what point in your success with the band did you guys get your own road crew and tech did you, when did that kind of thing start happening well my uh the guys in the band they um i think it was like almost the second year in uh every none of them wanted to carry their stuff around so so we brought a couple of guys on the road with us and then from there um you know it, it grew as a family and then um uh we brought uh uh colin in and derek in and then all of a sudden we were all just traveling together prior to uh prior to uh getting a record deal and then when we went, went to los angeles uh for that few months before we got signed um, it was just us out there. And then um, when we got back to uh, Toronto, we came back to a record deal and then we put the family back together again and, and off we went. So it was good. There you go. Yeah. Now as the vocalist back in the early days, did you help the band haul gear too? Because the vocalists get... get I never anything. touched anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there's like a deal where... Um, the vocalist's job is to do all the socializing. So you're supposed to be out there talking to the fans. Yeah, I Not never did either. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I I um, I, I guess I got away with murder to some extent. Now I look back on it. Uh, I remember we we were traveling. It was yeah, it was on on the first record, the tour across Canada, and we always seemed to tour in the winter. We can't go in the summer. We always had to go in the winter. And I remember getting sick in Thunder Bay. I think we started in Montreal and started coming across and. I got sick in Thunder Bay and then the record companies decided just to fly me gig to gig like so town mm. to town and whatever and then as soon as I got a taste of that as soon as I got a taste of that I got sick on the next tour too in the winter <laughs> so <laughs> purposely <laughs> yeah I'd arrive I'd arrive um, I'd get to the hotels way before the guys like sometimes those drives across Canada to Vancouver I'd get there a couple of days before them and I'd be all rested and I'd watch them show up in the tour bus and they'd be all beat and you know so I'd be ready to go were they like were they like come on man <laughs> yeah it was it was a couple times they knew I was juicing it <laughs> <laughs> I guess you would if you could right yeah why not? now tell me tell me about being on headbangers ball as we don't have that in Canada do we no no headbangers ball um what was did, that show about did, did you see that did you see it i didn't see it you got i just read it in your I, I read it in your bio can i find it on youtube i i don't know i gotta send that to you it was please do it was crazy it was um so i'll tell you we we were in england and we we're playing uh the headbangers ball um it was it were playing in front of 50,000 hell's angels it was the hell's angels reunion and uh it was we we uh we got on the bus and we're heading out to the venue and uh we're coming to to the venue and then the outside of the venue it's the british army and on the inside of the venue it's all hell's angels and so <laughs> we we pulled up to go in i'm going i don't know if i want to be here and we pull up and uh, as soon as we pulled up and the british army got on our bus you know, just checking us out, what's going on, blah, 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 we're here to play. And, um, and then when we got through there, that checkpoint, 
then the Hells Angels got on our bus. But the difference between the Hells Angels and the, and the Army was the Hells Angels didn't get off our bus. It became their party bus. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we, we went backstage um, there. And, um, yeah, and, and they were some of the biggest guys I've ever seen. Like, the, it was the, the German Hells Angels that were running security. And the guys that got on our bus, their whole faces and everything were all tattooed. And they were like big guys. And I'm like, I'm this little scrawny guy with hair down to my ass, wearing jean shorts and no shirt on. And I'm like <laughs> sucking my thumb, hiding in a corner somewhere. So it was, uh, it was quite the experience. It was, uh, it was different. But anyway, so we, they have a big uh, festival. It was their, like their reunion. And the Headbangers Ball came out and they just filmed us all around the, the venue. They had like uh, I can't believe you haven't seen this. The riding of the bull, that bull riding. There's so much going on there. It was crazy. And uh, so we were, they were following us around with cameras. And then, um, and then uh, we went on stage uh, um, that night. And yeah, it was, uh, they, they have a good time. Let's say that. Well, they were probably like, yeah, Canada, get over here. Let's yeah. have a good time. Oh, yeah, it was good. But I feel but that's the thing too. I think the reason why I didn't know about Headbangers Ball until I read it in your bio is because I am Canadian and I hadn't heard of it. Really? Yeah. So Headbangers, yeah. well, Headbangers Ball is European. It's England. It's from Europe, right? Mm. England. So, um, but I've heard of there was MTV the US Headbangers Ball. I don't know if you ever saw it. Oh, ah. Yeah. So that was that was cool, but um, that was a lot of fun. You know what? I'll, I'm going to track that down. I know Andy has that, and I'll send it to you, and you'll you'll laugh your head off like. It was good. It was crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. If I find it on YouTube, I'll, I'll make sure I share the link with all of our listeners too. Look at me in the eyes. You shall see nothing, hear nothing, dream of nothing. But Svengali. So we, uh, that whole tour was good. We played like 31 shows in 33 days. And I don't even know where I was. Like they were putting the name of the city on my monitor because I was lost. <laughs> I had no idea. 
just get up and give it. So it's fun. Where are you? Yeah, see. Where are you right now? I'm in. I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we played Edmonton. Uh, where did we play in Edmonton? Somewhere downtown, I think. Edmonton. Uh, when was the last time you played Edmonton? Ninety-three. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I remember being, we played Calgary the night before. No, we played, we played Calgary. No, we played Edmonton the night before. And then the next night was Calgary. And I remember getting up on stage in Calgary and just forgetting where I was again and saying, how are we all doing in Edmonton? And that's not a good thing to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that. You know yeah. that rivalry. Oh yeah, so it was fun. It's crazy. <laughs> so tell me about recording and uh, everything. Basically, touring, recording. Now that once you had a big hit, once you had a hit album under your belt, you had the big single. Yeah. And things start things start moving. Does the record company loosen the reins and give you more control? Do you get a bigger, bigger budget, bigger guests and producers? What happens after that? Well, after when things start got, uh, rolling, then obviously I, they started, um, yeah, things did start opening up and opportunities started opening up. Um, if you, you got to get that buzz going or it doesn't happen, right? And um, yeah, and then, yeah, so we because of that and then the whole change from rock and grunge that whole time that weird time that everybody went through um yeah. then then um they asked us where we wanted to record and so we said we'd like to go to like you know we want to go see check out the scene out there see what's going on like in seattle and stuff so we ended up um recording at london bridge studios where pearl jam did 10 allison chain oh. blind melon and so christopher from blind melon played on our record with us the singer candlebox played on the record with us um, we hung out with the guys from Queensryche, that the whole scene. So mm. we arrived there and uh, we were we were going to this, um, it was like pre, uh, like a, a pre-pro or, or rehearsals for the record. And we were in this uh, uh, rehearsal studio. And I remember walking up to the studio and I'm going, look at these bikes. Look at that. There's a beautiful, accurate NSX back in the day. And I'm just looking uh, at the quality of the, the cars in the parking lot. And when I walked in and there's Allison Chains and Soundgarden in there rehearsing and Blind Melon at this point so um that was good it was uh it was a great time it was a cool time but um, do you feel go ahead um yeah and so during that process um there is this uh, re uh studio i think it was called the, I, I'm not, I didn't even remember what it was called but it was this it's a cave and it's like in the rocks by the ocean and it's a really cool place but it was kind of eerie when i was in there and they took me there to do a vocal for um, I forget what song it was. Oh, I don't remember anymore. But they took me there to do a vocal, and I just felt a weird vibe. And um, so I went into the, the the sound booth, and then I saw some. Uh, I saw like the headphones and stuff like that. So I started putting things on, and it just looked like it was like not cleaned up, like it was just left as it was. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I came out, I from what I understood, uh, Kurt Cobain was the last guy in there. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Like it was really, it was weird. Yeah. So, like it probably has a certain, certain vibe to it when you know that information. <laughs> yeah. I went after the fact it was, it was weird. And, uh, and I just thought, uh, and, and I was saying, are you sure? Are you sure? And the guy said, yeah, sure. I told you. And I just, uh, it was, but there was a weird vibe. 
like even in the studio with the people, everybody. But it was cool. Yeah, so we just get to meet a lot of people and, and get to have a good time, you know? It was a lot of fun. Was there, it seems like you really took the whole time and you were able to embrace it as it was happening and, and enjoy it. Because I know sometimes you hear that it's just work, 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 and then folks don't get to really enjoy the success they've had. How did, how did you take it at that time? How was I at that time? Um, yeah, how were you able to enjoy it all while it was happening or were you just too busy focused on, be, on doing the work? Uh, I don't even think we thought it was work. We were just too busy yeah. having a good time. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. Yeah, we, we didn't, we were a different bunch of guys. We didn't uh, consider anything as work. We just went out and did what we did. And it's, mm. it was, uh, it's, it was legitimate. There was nothing fake about it. And uh, we, we really truly, and I think we're the, still the same guys today. We don't give a fuck what people have to say about us. Personally, individually, it. or whatever. We just, and, and I, I would expect that from everybody. Um, you know, just be yourself. And, and if people like it, great. And if they don't, then it's not, you know, it's not for them. But, but we were always that way. We couldn't care less, you know. Mm. not in a bad way good attitude. yeah not in a bad way because when you're in the when you're in the spotlight or you're when you're when you're in a band or even for yourself you're behind a camera you, you get judged whether you want to get judged you get judged right so mm. people will have that uh, and, and if you can if you can block that and just stay stay true and focus to what your goal is mm -hmm. sometimes you get there you know it's good advice for everyone to hear absolutely yeah and i mean did you did you ever feel pressure from the record label or were things odd because of the fact that you're a hard rock metal band and it's all of a sudden grunge is here did that did that derail anything for you the grunge I movement think, uh, i think it derailed everything for everybody including the record yeah. companies because that was the time <laughs> when people started to make records in their basement right mm -hmm. and they didn't have to have these big studios and stuff so i think that was the beginning of the end for a lot of stuff um yeah i mean you know it's it was uh, it was a really really weird time um but what you can, all you can do is just roll with it you can't you know you can jump up and down and stomp your feet and stuff like that but again we always believe that um we'll do it for as long as people want to listen and we'll do it for as long as we feel good about doing it and when time comes to end it then we end it Love Don't Live Here, add New Master. If I could take you by the hand, I'd lead you to the ocean. Maybe the waves could wash away the pain. I can see how something like a simple addiction could almost make you feel insane I don't think I got the right words to say it Or make you feel okay I get confused by this loss of emotion You know there's no one to blame Cause we
is my house, my, my backyard. It's beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, um, I can tell you've been doing some great work to it, for yeah. sure. And here's my, uh, this is my, my beer tap. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That is sweet. <laughs> um, how's, how's the weather there year-round? Do you get much of a winter? Oh yeah, yeah. We get we do we get a, a big winter here. We're, we're expecting a big winter this year, so they're saying. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. But I forget what was, what was I talking. What was I? Uh, what were we talking about before we got? We were talking. We were talking first. Of, we were kind of wrapping it up about the about the record company and uh, uh, yes, the grunge era. But then about about vinyl. I was asking about vinyl. So yeah. I have I have some vinyl from. Um, uh, we got we had, we did vinyl in Europe. So we have, we did, uh, you know, Ice-T, the song Body Count? Yep. Yeah, we played, we covered that. It's on vinyl. And then we have, uh, I think Hurt is on vinyl too, from back in the day. And then Under the Influence, I think, there's some vinyls in Europe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What album track do you wish would have been a single? From back then? Uh, yeah. Um, from any of your releases? Well, there's, from, from a, I guess from a commercial standpoint, um, there's a song on the second record called Shallow. And mm -hmm. I like that song, it's, it's rock. And, I, and then there's a, there was a song on the second record on Wire um, that I think it was kind of a breakthrough moment for us in writing and it's called Tired of Listening. And, um, ah. tired, and that's where uh, Christopher from Blind Melon played mandolin on it. And if you listen to the last song on Inwire, it's live off the floor. It's me, Dee, Andy, and Christopher from Blind Melon playing mandolin. And we wrote a song uh, on the spot. He came in the studio. We had candles everywhere. It was like, it, it was incense. It was just, a, it was like our last night there. And uh, we walked in the studio. We thought we were going to have a party, which we did anyway, but... Uh, it was our last night there getting ready for it. We came as ready for a party, right? They were going to invite a bunch of friends from Seattle, all, all, like a bunch of bands, people come in to say goodbye because we were there for three months. And then we walked in the studio. We looked into the control uh, or into the um, uh, room uh, outside the control room. And there was all uh, candles and, and stuff like that. And, and the, our producer, Kelly, said, you guys remember that riff you guys were just jamming around? She says, go in there and record it record it record a song so uh me and d got together real quick and pounded out some lyrics and melodies and then uh christopher just jumped in and and played it and we did it in two takes and it was the second take we kept so beautiful yeah so if you listen to that song it's called who said we're gonna share a clip of it on the show if that's cool we're gonna share some clips from from the albums yeah sure. yeah
Podcasting is so much fun, but it's kind of expensive too. We got to pay for stuff like licensing fees, hosting fees, long distance phone calls, etc., etc. You get the drill? Okay. Well, we have a new thing called Patreon. Now, Built Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks. There's a mouth-watering new Gushers flavor with a taste that's huge! Happy man! Watermelon flavor bursting with watermelony juice inside. New watermelon blast gushers. Whoa, what a melon. Fruit Tonic Punch Gushers Fruit Snacks. They're very, very different because they're bursting with juicy fruit punch in the middle. So fruity, they'll really turn your head. Whoa, Jose. Fruit Tonic Punch Gushers. They'll drive you fruity. What was one of your most memorable performances that, that you can recall? Well, my left nut is still ringing from Whistler when I got hit in the balls with a snowball. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> was that the snow? Was that much music snow job? Yeah. Yeah. 93. Oh my God. So I, <laughs> I remember, I remember waking up the next morning. Right. And, uh, oh, that was a night, let me tell you. And I remember waking up the next morning and we read in the Toronto star that the fans did not like, Svengali that night we were pelted with snowballs and stuff right and we were laughing it was around breakfast and our and our people in Toronto were calling us and we're all laughing together going how fucking stupid are these people because during each commercial break during snow job D our, our guitar tech was running and grabbing snowballs and was bringing pails of snowballs up on stage and then during this during each break we'd throw snowballs into the crowd right just having fun whatever but then as the night started ramping up and ramping up and we were getting heavier and heavier, and then we broke into under chaos. The chaos, like the lights were so bright, I, I didn't even see the snowballs coming at me until the last second, right? So, so everybody, thought, everybody thought that, um, well, Toronto Star said that, but the cool thing about that night was after we finished playing, we... Um, after we finished playing, we went backstage and they took us to our hotel and, I, and we got cleaned up, showered up, and they were picking us up in the lobby in a van to take us to this bar because it's going to be an after show party at the bar. Mm. So we, uh, we, got, we got to the bar and as soon as we walked into the bar, the DJ announced Van Galley's in the house, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, fucking snowballs start flying everywhere in the bar. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was that, a lot I of think fun. That- it sounds like everyone had a good time. Nothing wrong with a good snowball fight. <laughs> I, I think that if, if you talk to anybody who was around Svengali who 
it was always a good time. We never, mm. ever, ever had a bad time. Like even on our drives, like it was always a good time. You know, you have an excellent energy that's like so much fun. So I mean, man, that's that's amazing. Yeah, we had a we had lots of lots of good times. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hard times in the beginning and stuff like that getting started, but yeah. because we're kind of all driven guys to begin with, um, uh, we just you know just weathered the storm and kept going. Somebody's got to like us. We said. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get to do Metal Edge magazine? Uh, I, I, rec- I recollect that. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember something. I know Andy. Andy is the keeper of all Stangali stuff, and he has everything. So I can ask him to see what he has. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I am, I'm like a. I am. I have nothing. I've been raped. Like all my friends, everybody comes over, and people are leaving with stuff all the time, all the time. I. It's crazy. You're being generous. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Just I'm half in the bag. I'll take it. I don't care. Uh, so. how does a band that has been together as long as you guys not get tired of each other on the road? Do you just get on a plane, like you said earlier, and uh, <laughs> you meet the band at the venue? <laughs> I think it's because we were really good friends and, mm. and we went through a lot of shit, like in the beginning. And I think we were just really good friends. And I mean, there's the moments when you want to be alone or you just need some space or whatever, but it's not for, uh, not for them. It's just, you know, personal stuff or whatever. And, but, uh, we never really had any problems with, with each other. Mm-hmm. We always had a great time. Crazy shit. And how have you, how have you taken care of your voice over the years? Um, well, I'm not a smoker. Um, yeah. I, I, I was extremely athletic when I was younger. Like I still work out now. Um, uh, well, I had a, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I stopped, I stopped for about a year and I gained a lot of weight. And, um, because I was not because for any, for, for the only reason that I was enjoying food and, and whatever, and, you know, just I let it go for a while. And then, uh, for the video that's coming out soon, I don't know if you new, just shot a new video for hurt. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I lost 37 pounds for that video. And I started working. Yeah, I started working out uh, about two and a half, three months before the video. And it's not to be vain. It's just the the perception of Svengali in people's minds is one thing. And I didn't want them to to. Um, I always made. I'm going off track here. I always, we've always promised ourselves at the beginning of Svengali's when we used to go see bands um, when they got older, and they uh, and they tried to be who they were, but they didn't look like that and they were they gained you know what i mean they just got you just see age Mm -hmm. we always uh said to each other that we always want to leave the memory of spangali as as what that was back then because you know um and we would just call it a day but then then when we got to this point it was like uh andy called me from china and he said dave you know what let's uh let's just do it again i go well, Andy, we had a pact, man. I mean, we're, we're Motley Crue, not breaking up, and we're back, right? And he said, <laughs> I know, but you know what? Let's just, let's just do it for the music and not do anything. Okay, so let's just, so, we, so he wanted to come over. We're going to record a bunch of stuff and not get it out, not send it out, not do anything, just, just for us, right? Um, mm. And we ended up, you know, it's just like, like the way we are. Starts off as one thing, and then we start pushing it to the limit. And uh, so we wrote this song called Kill the Lies. And um, 
we got, okay, well, shit, you know, it's not a bad song. Maybe we should call David, our first producer, David Bendis, who does, who's, he's done, uh, oh God, he's done everybody, like a lot of big bands. Um, uh, Bring, Bring Me the Horizon was his last band he did. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so we called him and he said, why don't you guys just come down to New York uh, to my place and we'll go to the studio that we have here and let's bang it out. So the way Svengali disbanded, uh, it was hard because we lost D and mm-hmm. we felt like in all of our guts, we had a lot to offer still like back then, like if we kept going, I think that, um, I think that we'd have had a lot to offer Canadian music and, and, and to people, but fate is fate. And we just, again, roll with it. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a believer that my destiny has been written already and I'm just following the path trying to make the right choices and um that session and three the cd ep3 it was therapy in the end it was therapy for all of us it was uh getting to know each other again and um uh getting out a lot of stuff uh the way the way it came about and the ending of it and and when we were done it was just it was like a a feeling of of uh like like this weight off off our shoulders that we could still do it and even though we're 50 it's heavy like we're not it's Mm. not doesn't sound light it's heavy and and that's important that was that was um it made us feel good because i didn't want to release something soft and old you know we wanted to kind of be fresh you're not gonna get yeah you're not gonna get all fluffy just because you've gotten older you still you still love the same music yeah yeah exactly yeah so I, I, uh, so there was this sense of accomplishment and relief. And um, when we finished that, and it was that song. So when we finished that song, I came home and I went, yeah, that was, that was good. I, I was ready to put it to bed. Two days later, Dan calls. Oh, are we going to do another one? Oh, no. So then, <laughs> then we did uh, um, uh, Break Me. And we did that on the, at the, on the Indian Reservation in uh, um, uh, up here in, in our area, I forget the name of the, um, oh, Juca- Jocasta Studios. Okay. And um, so we did that uh, on the reserve here. And then, and then we did, uh, then we did, obviously we did two more songs and I thought it was going to be the end. And all of a sudden, okay, now here's an EP. Oh, there's a record company interested, you know? So it's like the mafia. You can't get out once you're in. Snowballed. Yeah, <laughs> it's just growing again. Yeah, so it started snowballing, as you said, and then um, and we enjoy playing it and live. It sounds fucking great, uh, like it sounds huge. Uh, those songs live, mm. and I, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people loved the first record, and I know a lot of people weren't too crazy about the second record. Um, they thought we were trying to jump on, uh, jump on the grunge or whatever. But but the second record for us was us finding ourselves and it was a necessary step to mm-hmm. three you know so that's um that's uh what people i guess who are music listeners don't understand that we have to evolve too as people i'm, I'm sure you're not the same woman you were when you were younger and we all oh, no. evolve in different you know and so we, we took uh, that journey and again we did we did in wire because we didn't give a fuck what he was going to say about us that's what that's what it was and then uh, healthy. D went it's healthy. To, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's uh, now we're here, and um, 
I was actually asked this morning if we're going to do another one, and uh, and we are. So this oh, June that's wonderful news. Yeah, this June twentieth, uh, we were well, we were supposed to tour Canada this summer, and unfortunately with COVID, um, it, whatever it, it it did it it happened, and it is what it is. But we've already started looking at dates for next year, and and um, we're going to do uh, we're playing a big festival in June twentieth in Burlington. Uh, we're playing a festival there with our friends Honeymoon Suite. Uh, they're good friends of nice. ours from back in the day, Johnny and. Um, and then uh, um, I just talked to them recently. They're going to be on the show pretty soon here. So. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Well, tell Johnny, if you talk to Johnny, say Dave from Spangali says hi. He says, and tell him he still <laughs> owes me a beer. <laughs> so, uh, and then, yeah, so we're going to start that uh, in June and then, and then we're going to head, uh, we're coming your way. Oh, good. I'll so, be there. Fun. I'll, I'll, I'll get out of, oh, hopefully everything will be, We'll get the yeah, vaccine sure. or whatever, and it will be good to go. But I want to be there. I'll definitely come check it out. the difference now have you guys had you've had the opportunity to play in the uk have you ever done the european festivals that's uh that's that's one thing that we uh haven't got to yet was the Euro the european festivals after we did um that first tour in england and we did uh germany uh pardon oh uh germany and all that stuff. We came home, and then um, I guess the next step was to go back and do festivals and stuff like that. But um, uh, we didn't make it because of whatever reasons. We started the second record, and then after the second record, we were supposed to go on the road with Candlebox in the states, and then the accident happened with D, uh, and um, it put a hold on everything. So we didn't get there. But I know there's a lot of talk of us going over there to do that on this on on three, which we'd like to entertain. Yeah, I feel like 
it would be a totally different animal to do a European rock festival. I've just heard it's the most amazing experience for many Canadians that have gone over there and came back and told me about it. Have you seen, um, I'm sure you've seen Disturbed in Germany, um, playing uh, uh, Down With The Sickness. Sickness. Have you, have you seen that video on YouTube? They play, they play a place in Germany, it's like an airport hangar, and I, I'm pretty sure it's Hangar 10. Uh, yeah. It's so many people, it's crazy. We played there, we did play that place in Germany, uh, but we played inside the hangar. We didn't do the airfield, obviously, because that's festival field. Um, mm -hmm. But if you watch that, that's, that's what it is. That's what it looks like, it's, it's nuts. Absolutely wild. Yeah. And Europeans tend to appreciate rock music more now than a lot of other countries maybe you know especially north america i think that rock is still quite well doing quite well in europe oh 100 percent um even when we were there uh we were playing in germany and you remember the band uh saga back in the day i remember the name yeah yeah so they were a rock band from the 70s our 70s i think and they were still playing big venues there like they really appreciate the rock but they like their rock all over europe um we had a we had a when we played london england we had a, a bus of uh, people come from rome italy to come see our show like they come from all over it's a it's a venture to go see a show you know mm. so it's um yeah they, they really do enjoy it yeah and they like live and breathe the music you know it's not just like where you're trying to get 20 people to come to a club in edmonton to see a good rock show yeah I <laughs> you know. know it's like over there, they're like, yes, we embrace live music and we want to learn new artists. And I just, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, if you're a music lover, um, it's definitely, there's, uh, they're very open and that is critical. You know, like we've, I've done a lot of interviews in, in, in the, and Dan, um, has, we've done a lot of interviews in Europe uh, for uh, three and they, um, they, they're not scared to tell you what they think, um, mm -hmm. but it's constructive. And, um, but they, the, everybody's telling us over there, they love, they like Hurt, the song Hurt. It's just straight ahead, straight ahead rock and roll, you know? Uh, so that's, that's one of the reasons why we did the video for that song uh, for those guys. Good, good. We're gonna share all that on our social media too. We'll make sure people get to, get to hear the new stuff, the old stuff. We'll be putting clips in, into the show of different songs. So cool. I'm excited to share those. What are some of the favorite things for you about being Canadian and your culture? Um, well, no, I guess the number one thing is uh, diversity. I, uh, you know, I, I think it would really suck if everybody's the same, you know? Yeah. And um, so for me, sorry, I, I want to go back outside because it's got sunny. <laughs> now I'm in the front here. Um, Sweet. I think it's the, uh, the diversity. I love um, different cultures. I mean, I was born in London, England. Um, huh. And then we moved here when I was young. And um, yeah, I mean, it would suck if everybody was the same, but I, I enjoy the, uh, uh, I, you know, this whole thing with like all the racism and everything that's going on right now. And, and it just makes me sick. I just like, hello everybody, wake up, man. I mean, can you imagine? life without um without different uh, cultures with different music different different foods it'd be so boring right so boring yeah so i you know i found out a lot. i've been looking into my my um my history and, and my grandfather uh my grandfather is um 
from Winnipeg, and apparently he apparently we have some native Indian in our in our blood from nice. from his mother, and um, which which is really cool, which I really think is awesome. And I'm gonna go like I've got I got I just got my arms cleaved, and now I'm gonna get some Indian stuff on my other arm to represent that part of my life. So Fantastic. yeah, it's all cool. So I, I enjoy all that stuff. Like it's great. Did you do that ancestry test? I was I was kind of scared. I'm scared to do that. They say you know I I, I don't know I don't know what it, I I did it. Did you? Was oh yeah yeah, it was fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I got a, a sort of European mix really. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's, it's it's actually cool to find out. But um, I know some people do it as a family where they actually everybody in the family wants wants to take part in ancestry. But it's kind of weird because it's like you're all going to get the same result most likely. Yeah yeah. Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never, never know. know. You might get a surprise. Yeah, when you're wondering why that kid doesn't look like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, and another thing is cool. I think I, I think a lot of times people appreciate everyone's culture more when they've had the opportunity in life to travel. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think, I think, I think those people who haven't had a chance to see the world are the ones that can be bigoted and closed-minded. There is nothing better at sunset to sit in a piazza in Rome mm. and watch artists paint and watch people walk by and smell the food and you, you, you go and, and the big thing for me is the architecture. I, I was walking up to churches and I was touching the church walls, the stone, like who put this here? What was his life like? You know, it was, it is when you go there, it really truly, you know, and certain times of day you can do the, we did the nighttime uh, walk of the ruins of Rome, and mm. it is, it, I gotta say, it is probably the most romantic place you can be at, at night. It's just so, so cool. It's awesome. And then, then to go and eat there, and, and we had a fantastic time there, and we've been everywhere, like man. Um, uh, but that, but uh, Rome and Italy, Capri, Italy, um, mm. you know, uh, uh, Verona, uh, it's all beautiful places. It's nice. Fantastic that you got to experience that. Yeah. Now, yeah. <clears throat> who have you met in the music business that you were most excited to meet or taught you the most? Um, well, accidentally, I was having drinks with Robert Plant in Toronto at a, at a, at a, uh, it was a magazine release or something. And we're all standing around. I turn around. Oh, I'm now I'm standing beside Robert Plant, and we started talking and he listened to his stories. And he was at the time, I believe, he was dating with Alana Miles at the time. Uh, oh wow! She was there with him. Um, but you know, I've met so many bands. Like we've met a ton of people. You know, the guys from Def Leppard are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're great. We like their kids are great. We're, we're, I'm a big soccer guy. Like I play. My son plays soccer all over. I'm, I was a big soccer guy. Um, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan, as you can see right there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and they're playing right now, and uh, and so I was playing soccer with those kids, uh, and they're great. They're pretty down to earth guys, you know what I mean? Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who else? John Candy. He was a blast. <sighs> you know, Legend. He a, yeah, he was a blast. Um, uh, Julia Roberts, Keith Sutherland, shooting pool in Hollywood Billiards on, on the Hollywood Boulevard. Um, just, just tons of people. Oh, you know, oh. So, Rockin' Ronnie Hawkins. 
kind of, you know, games. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we uh, we were fortunate one night, Svengali, him and his wife and their girlfriend. Uh, we were fortunate to, uh, <laughs> to hang wow. around the dinner table and uh, we had dinner with them. And uh, then he started telling us his stories. And I tell you, we sat there all night. You know, their girlfriend was rolling joints, and and he was telling us about uh, about rock and roll and and what they went through and and stuff that they, they went. It was just incredible. So it was great, great times. Oh, I fun. can only imagine the stories. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, wild. It was, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, all the guys are good. I mean, the guys from Queensryche, I, I, I love uh, Jeff Tate. Uh, he's, he, I got to say, he's the one guy that when I met him, I said, Jeff, I'm not a starstruck guy. I don't, but I'm, I have so much respect for you. And uh, that's what I said to him. And then I felt, then I walked away feeling like a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing sometimes when you meet people who are like, your your idols or they've done they inspire you and you're just like i don't know what to say i'm gonna say something stupid <laughs> yeah. yeah we're not uh, starstruck guys but I, I tell you meeting jeff tate was um was a cool experience for me because i listened to him so much when i was younger mm -hmm. you know? but uh that queen of the right ep that came out it was awesome yeah he's a fantastic vocalist incredible yeah yeah now, did you get involved with using the internet for Svengali and promotion in its early stages in the 90s? Or was that something that was still not on the radar yet? Uh, no, it wasn't really much on the radar too much at that time. Um, no, we, we just missed that. You know what I mean? Like, we, we just missed that. And I'm still not a huge... Uh, social media guy like I, I i'm so so busy and i know people live their lives around around it and a lot of people made a lot of money doing it and around it but um and not that i don't like it it's just Ooh. frozen the request oh frozen okay hold on yeah <laughs> and now you're back i was getting yeah. Okay. At least we know That's where your where your Wi-Fi spots are. <laughs> That's it. That's what she said. <laughs> okay. Okay. How's that? Come back. It's better. There here. you go. There you go. Sorry, you were talking about uh, just missing the internet, uh, and then and then it cut off. Yeah. Then I, I as I said, I'm not. I was never uh, big, and I. Um, I remember I got on Facebook once and all of a sudden you get all these requests and this and that. Oh, this is overwhelming because I felt guilty not answering. So you can consume your life sitting there, I think. So I got I think off. it's I think it's smart of you to just go out and live your life and not worry about what's happening online because we're all buried in our phones and it's not exactly the best way to live, right? So good on you for not uh, not doing yeah. that. Can you hear me okay? Your yeah, I can hear you now. Weird. Yeah, we lost <laughs> okay. you. Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, I think, uh, I think it's necessary today. I mean, um, I, I, yeah, today I think you have to be involved in it to some extent for business, for this, for whatever, and um, it's good for a little bit of downtime for me. But other than that, I would rather be um, building something or working, doing something. You know, I, I like, I like to work. I like physical stuff. Um, yep. I like to stuff. So for me, it's that. 
you still get to be creative too if you're doing like whatever it is you're doing with physical work like obviously you've done you've made yourself a beautiful landscaping business and it's it's yeah. probably like more rewarding than sitting around being buried in your phone <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is it is uh but i tell you I, I mean the kids today they can they can whip around on social media and phones and computers and stuff like that where i think we, I, we get uh, bogged down quite a bit as uh for me anyway <laughs> mm -hmm. now i'm going to be wrapping this up very shortly i just wanted to ask you one thing before we left well, is there a, something specific that would make you nostalgic for the 90s, like things like a clothing items, a certain toy, uh, a food or drink? What, what, can, what, bring, what would take you right back? To the 90s? Yeah. To the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's, yeah, it's one you kind of have to think about. <laughs> well, what? There's... There was um, in a night. If I had to, yeah, geez. I don't know. I mean, if I think that uh, if when I think about the '90s, I think about when we recorded the second record, and I think mm -hmm. about um, I think about the you know once or twice a week we were we were just you know we we're young guys uh, obviously on a budget, and every time I think about that, I think about us uh, having dinner at Burger King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, food, but um, well, perfect. Yeah, 90s. I don't know. I, even the music was, was just everything was changing, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, from I guess for me, it'd be it, it would be uh, god, that's a, what, what, what would you think? Oh, well, definitely like clothing items. I think about where it went from like baggy jeans to like like wearing plaid everything because it got grungy and then I had my Doc Martens on yeah 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 <laughs> things yeah. like yeah or, or silly things like uh even just beverages there was crystal Pepsi for for a short time <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right yeah you know what Burger King and grunge there you go <laughs> there you go Once again, you can find all Svengali things on their website, svengali.ca. And I want to thank David for the wonderful chat. And he was a lot of fun. Thank you, David, for being on the show. Next week, I have some special guests, Nikki and Brooke, from a very special podcast called My So-Called Whatever. 
Um, not only is it a podcast that talks about the stuff we loved in the 80s and 90s, but it's also primarily focused on the new kids on the block. We have such a good time going back to our childhood and talking all things new kids. That's next episode. So guys, take care and I hope you're enjoying your January and we'll talk soon. Make sure you contact us and tell us what's going on and who you'd like to see on the show. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.